there's no question that the cannabis industry is maturing. But despite all the rules and regulations, it is truly reminiscent of the wild, wild west, where you have the settlers looking for a better life, the bandits looking to rob and steal, the law trying to keep up, and the snake oil salesmen selling everything from treasure maps to fake land deeds and elixirs that promise to cure all. A more recent parallel would be the dot-com bubble of the 90s, where every website was the next big thing. These delusions of grandeur are generally not just fueled by the entrepreneur, but most times by greed and by false profits still peddling snake oil, looking to make a fast buck at the expense of the entrepreneur or the unsuspecting investor. The cannabis industry has the potential to be the largest global industry of our generation, with some projecting market sizes larger than the beverage and tobacco markets combined. This kind of potential makes fertile ground for the snake oil salesman, or let's be politically correct here, snake oil salesperson to work. But there is clearly one big difference. These bad actors are much harder to identify. They come in all sizes, genders, roles, and colors. But the most common ones are lawyers posing as cannabis consultants. Some of them pose as investors who say they will help you raise capital, but really are just trying to over leverage your company. Some of them say, hey, listen, let's put you on the stock market. Most times before you've even earned a penny of value. Now to be fair, like every industry, there are good subject matter experts who can really deliver for you. And having personally gone through the process of vetting many of these individuals and companies, I thought it important to share my experience and some of the methods I used to spot these bad actors coming from a mile away. Today's episode is dedicated to the so-called cannabis consultants, or should I say, con artists of the cannabis industry. You know who you are, and over the next few minutes, so will our listeners. Welcome to The Real Green Show. So, oh, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Gets in over a little cold, you know. Uh, doing good. No complaints at all. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, me too. I'm getting over a cold also, you know, but I, I really just wanted to get this particular conversation in so, you know, our listeners can listen to a little bit about what we've been going through as we've been Absolutely. looking for yeah, consultants, right, in, in this space. Um, as, as I'm sure everyone heard in the intro, um, you know, I'm just absolutely fed up with these charlatans out there that are taking advantage of people who are trying to enter the cannabis industry. It's getting more and more disappointing to see, and I can only imagine how many people have horror stories out there. You know, we're lucky because obviously we have some experience with dealing with these type of people, but you know, I'm just, you know, beside myself with the experiences we've had thus far. Right. We've tried so many avenues and like each and every person we've come upon is is just trying to take advantage of the situation in some way, in some form. And uh, rather than being um, absolutely. I, yeah. You know, there's a lot of bad actors out there. And so, you know, as I looked at it, I started to realize there's maybe two, you know, obvious categories of 
bad actors, right? These these people that are, you know, accredited, you know, the lawyers and the CPAs who have the fancy suits and the, the fancy speak, and they, they, you know, appear to be people you should trust. And, and quite honest, you know, if you hire a lawyer, you really should be able to put your trust in that person, right? Um, that person should not be trying to take advantage of you. However, it has always been ambulance chasers, right? There's always been these people who are who, who really just go after litigation and, and things like that. And I think a lot of these folks are now shifting into this kind of green rush of cannabis, right? And and taking advantage of those who are not as knowledgeable, you know? And and then, Lord, it, absolutely. yeah, it's it's really became to know a lot about what's going on in every state um, and had this one-stop shop approach to everything. And, and again, those people turn out to be full of it too. Uh, there's, there's just so many different types. And, and I think that today I wanted to spend some time just sharing with our listeners the kind of the eight things that, you know, we've identified just from dealing with some of these people and stuff, stuff that they should look out for. And I mean, these are actual things that O and I had to deal with. It was unbelievable, you know? So, so that said, uh, let's take the folks through some of these items and w- have the number one thing here, which was the biggest red lawyer on your team, is a non-refundable retainer. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> I, 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 I've never heard of that. A non-refundable retainer. I mean, the, the idea of retainer is that y- you're supposed to spend against it as we need. And I understand what they're trying to do because again, this this industry is so young. It's 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 literally the wild, wild west. That's what we're dealing with. And I understand that these people, you know, just to save their time and effort, they try to uh, essentially weed out the, the, the persons who are not serious, who aren't driven, uh, who, you know, who just tend to waste time, you know what I mean? And I don't understand why they're doing it, but to a non-retainer, that's, it's, it's oxymoronic to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> you know, I had a tough time, you know, you know, just getting over that one point because if it's non-refundable, it means it's a fee. So let's just call it a fee. Right, so you're charging. Fee, right? Yeah, you're charging me. So you know, call it a fee. And and in this particular case, this particular company that we're talking to, their fee started at ten thousand dollars. So it's not trivial money, right? For most people who are trying to enter this industry, the idea of working with um, an organization that claims they can help you become licensed and having them charge you ten thousand dollars, but in in reality, that's just the beginning of their charge. Right? I think as we probed deeper, we saw it was going to be over $50,000 all said and done. And, and, and really, you know, the thing that I want people to understand about this is they should really do two things. One, you're going to need legal representation. Uh, however, you should really spend time trying to understand what it is that your, your municipality or your state's going to require of you in the licensing process and spend time calling them, talking to them, using them as a resource, using the websites, using information that actually exists or or others in the industry that you can lean on to, to get as much information as possible before you go down the road of hiring someone. You should really, really be as knowledgeable as possible because that's what's going to help you. So the non-refund retainer is a non-starter. I would tell anyone that walk away from someone who's asking you to, to sign something that says that because that's a fee. And that means if it's a fee, you should be able to negotiate it. Right. Yeah. The, the other one we had on this list was, um, you know, no clear menu of services. You know, they had this, uh, this way of talking about a lot of things that they would do for you. And when you ask them to tell you specifically what they'll do, they say, oh, every application, every situation is different. Is it? I can't imagine that it is. If you're growing weed, you're growing weed. <laughs> Personally, I don't think so. I mean, listen, 
there are how many categories? There, there are processors, there are cultivators, there are testing facilities, transport licenses. Yeah, it's a finite number, here. right? It is labs. Right. You know, it's a finite number of things. It's not like I'm going to ask these guys to build me a rocket ship to go to the moon. Right? right. It, it, it makes no sense to me what they're, they're saying every application is different. I understand that qualifications can be different. And whatever, what the government is asking for, a municipality is asking for, is the same. So, you know, again, another red flag, right? If they won't be very clear about the services that they provide you and, and are willing to put that in the agreement, you should, you should walk the other way. Yeah, and number three on our list here is this um, no warranty of their work, which is kind of similar to number two. But when you do a contract with anyone, say you hired a guy to fix something in your house, right? And he's, he's a contractor and he's putting a deck up for you or something. You know, you have an idea of what you expect from that deck. So in that contract, he's agreeing to use certain materials and build a deck a certain size and all these things. And so he's going to also warranty his work, right? If he he builds the deck and then he walks away tomorrow and the whole thing collapses and you're in your family on the ground then you know what's your recourse right right you're yeah. left picking up the pieces yeah. there's nothing you can do at that point because yeah. you didn't protect yourself in the first place absolutely so you have to have warranties right and so you know these this is another red flag where you know these folks are, are trying to say oh no we can't warranty you know the work you know because again the work is so varied and different you know again it's a red flag anyone who you hire to do work for you should be okay warranting what they're doing they're the expert and this is why you're hiring them, right so I, again it's a red flag when you see something like that and you know you should definitely pay attention when you see that so this next one is quite unique situation i think because i've actually never experienced anything like it have you no this intellectual property thing <laughs> you know, listen man you know i back in the day something that i faced or dealt with on a regular basis where you know everyone seems to figure that they have some kind of secret sauce and they're worried about protecting it and so on but i have never seen it in this particular case where I'm hiring someone to do work for me, but they're saying that the work that they're doing for me, they should own. I have never seen that. This, is, this would be a first for me where actually I'm paying them to do the job. But they're saying, no, 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 no. We, um, we're going to have some templated work that we're going to, you know, take what you've said and put into those templates. And so we want to own the whole thing right which is the work product and so what they were trying to do was be very slick about the work product what the work product would be it's impossible to separate the two once you've submitted it right you know yes. it's easy to say that you know one piece is theirs which is a template and the content is ours but when you put them together you can't separate it it's the work product and that's something you should own because you paid for it but again, look out for these guys who say, no, we need to own the intellectual property. That is always a bad thing because at the end of the day, you paid for this work. This is something you might want to reuse to get licensing down the road or for any other reason down the road. And guess what? You'll need to ask their permission and potentially pay them additional fees. Absolutely. So again, I it's, know. It's something that is unheard of. And listen, we experienced it. 
and this is something that you guys should definitely look out for yeah pay attention to without question so the other one here is arbitration and and so this is one of those real legally terms right and and so i've uh, had to deal with this in in life or in in my career a few times where maybe you have a this a disagreement over how things came out or whatever and you have to seek some recourse with the courts or go through an arbitrator um, and you so know, what, what is what is arbitration in a nutshell, if I may ask? Yep, sure. No, good question. So arbitration essentially is you might choose to have a third party. So you'd hire some independent third party that will sit in a room with you and listen to the case. Listen to what it is you both are saying on each side. Now, this person or this entity that you hire has nothing to do with either of you. You both agree that this person is like Switzerland. They're neutral in this arrangement. And and so you're going to abide and decide, just like you would with a judge, right, that whatever they say is what you'll go with. And so that's essentially what arbitration is. But quite honestly, my experience and even my, my own internal legal counsel shared with me that, you know, arbitration tends to be more expensive sometimes, right? Especially nowadays where, you know, getting great arbitrators, they're in great demand because the courts are packed lawsuits take months and years sometimes to get even called up and um and and so this is why all these court shows exist on tv too right you know for things that that are a certain amount you know they're they're handling that overfill is essentially they're like arbitrators in a way too right but they're they fancied up for television oh Um, like the judge judy yeah (laughs) that's exactly what that is you know this is just the overspill from the courts and by the way you you might lose but you're gonna get a little bit of money because they pay you to be on the show so you know yeah so that's how that works so when you do a contract and and you're you know it's says talks about arbitration it's okay to have it there but you should also include that you would it's your choice to choose arbitration or go to the courts because at some at times depending on the issue you're probably better off going with the courts right because you're not paying an arbitrator an enormous amount of money and if it's something that stretches out for a long time you're going to be paying more than you would be paying the court Huh, okay, yep. okay. You know, and, and alongside that too is it's really where you have this arbitration and where you go to court, because you know, like a lot of these guys, you'll find out most of these cannabis consultants are coming out of Colorado, California. Yeah, California. Right? Yeah, and and so you know they're all choosing to have litigation done in their state. If you're in Detroit or you're in New York or wherever you are, you know you're you want to have that litigation happen uh, where you are, so you don't have to travel because you could be going back and forth you know on a weekly basis and so those costs add up and not just you but your lawyer and everyone else who you who's a part of your entourage right so your goal is to recognize that if it does come down to this you want to make sure that you're doing it on your you know kind of home court your you own turf yeah, yeah right absolutely it's um, very important information for sure uh, yeah it is man I, i'm telling you the other thing too that I, I found is lawyers are supposed to be lawyers right and And these days I find that this is a gray area now where they're crossing into this area of being consultants, right? And traditionally, consultants, you hire a consultant because they're a subject matter expert, someone that, that for instance, you, you want to build out your facility. And so you wouldn't hire a lawyer to build out the architecture of your facility. 
right? You'd hire an architect. But what right. I find nowadays is that these lawyers are crossing over into this territory and, and saying, oh, yeah, we have architectural skills and plans. And if we, you know, we'll have someone, you know, who we know sign off, they're literally kind of crossing this line that is is very, very dangerous, in my opinion, to cross. I, I get why they're doing it. You know, they're, they're going after the money, right? And they're trying to provide you this one-stop shop. But but uh, I believe that you you should really stick to what you know how to do, right? And 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 this is why you're a lawyer. You're there to help with the, the legal aspects of you know licensure, not not to be the pimp to to push you out to all these different people who they're getting <laughs> right, potential kickbacks from. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know, one thing I just thought of mm-hmm. when you uh, you know they're crossing this line, it goes back to our intellectual property, right? Mm-hmm. We decide to say we decide to uh, put some unique perspective on what we're doing. Um, It may uh, spill over into how we build the place, right? Or how we decide to, to grow our plan right yep. then this this opens up liability for our product mm-hmm. to be exposed to these third parties and then what is the recourse for that right that's like, true what yep. do we do because the, they're not stuff. binding to anything you know and that's the thing you hired them you signed a contract and retainer with this organization and what they're doing is they're subbing you to all these different people and so essentially what's happened is you're watering down that agreement Right? Suddenly, you're not protected anymore. Nothing's protected, you know? And, and, and you're at the mercy of some of these people sometimes. And so, really, to your point, you really, as an individual, should take the, the responsibility to, to hire the right people for you. Interview several people. Sure, you can take the recommendation and also interview that person. Make, make it part of the, the, your, your, your you know, due diligence. Right in looking at her, but don't just accept the fact that they say that this is someone that they know and you should use them, because I find that this it's becoming like really close to a third world system where you go into like Jamaica, the driver knows the cook and he knows the maid and he knows the guy at the corner and so he's gonna make sure he takes you to all his people so that no matter what the money stays within them and you know exactly that's the reality right that's the hustle as as they call it in jamaica and call it in other third world countries it's part of the hustle the moment you touch down they know that okay we are going to take this person down our journey our path and collect as much money as possible and keep it within our family. And and listen, I'm, I'm, I get it from the third world perspective, but it doesn't work in business, right? Not for us and not for anyone. You know, you want to have the best of breed. You want to make sure that you feel comfortable with the people you're engaging with and, and also feel as if they're taking your work as seriously as you are. That, that's really, really important. And uh, not to mention, it's a recipe for success. Absolutely. You get to grow partnerships and create uh, lasting interactions. Absolutely. So the the number seven on my list here was, you know, this negotiate factor. I I find that it was interesting that we, you know, in in a couple of the agreements that we we talked about or looked at, you know, we were hearing this notion of things being (laughs) non-negotiable, right? 
And, and that's always another bad sign, right? Because in life, everything is negotiable for the most part. Maybe death is not, but at some point, everything is negotiable in some way, shape or form, especially if you're going to pay money for it, right? You want to get a sense of value for what you're paying. Now, everyone says that their value is, or they believe that their value is super high. And I guess it's, it's really based on what people are willing to pay sometimes. But when you're in a market where you're literally taking advantage of people sometimes, almost usury type fees, right? Um, it's unfortunate to see that situation. And, I, and it sucks that people are paying it because it's really beginning to hurt this industry. Some of what these folks are charging, it's it's just not what it's worth because let's be honest, right? The business, while it while it's it's lucrative and it's got high potential or high upside, you know, for the future, at this moment, no one is is literally filling their bathtubs up with money and swimming in it unless you're in the illegal market. Right. You, if that bathtub gets filled, you're paying it back to the government and taxes. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so that's the reality of what the business looks like today. But we know that there's enormous upside for later. And and so this is the reason why most of us are there. And, and, and we know that this is an industry that most of us will never see in our lifetimes again. So why not be, you know, part of something great like this? But I, 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 this bothers me a great deal when I when I see so many people paying lots of money for some things that maybe not be worth it. And you remember it's this. It's really not worth it. It isn't. Remember this one deal that we had with this company and he literally walked away from $25,000, right? Oh Over 4,000, right? So he, he was charging us 30 grand and we're like, nah, we can't pay you 30 grand. We'll pay you 25. And out of nowhere, this guy was like, no, I know what my right. work is no worth. No counterpoints or anything. <laughs> he literally walked away. Yeah. And we literally, we literally went back to him and be like, hey, listen, we're just trying to negotiate. That's all we're doing. Yeah. The whole, the whole world is known to negotiate. Absolutely. In some countries, in some countries, it's a, it's a, it's a disrespect to that person. If <laughs> Absolutely. You know Absolutely. What I mean? Like so, when these people are setting their prices, you have to. You, it's definitely a red flag because it's like, you know, like what what are you really worth? Exactly. You know what I mean? We don't know that from no, our perspective. we don't. And that's the truth. You nailed it on the head. Oh, it, what? are you really worth you have to prove yourself a little bit here right and and so this idea that that you know you're commanding a certain fee and you are willing to walk away from $25,000 right over over $4,000 difference in negotiation it well for me it told me that you're stupid quite honestly and so that means the work product was probably going to be stupid also so you know i think i think we actually got off cheap you know by by moving on from that person because they just weren't that smart they're being penny wise and powerful whatever you want to say here they they were just not very smart and, and you think you think about the the long term uh effects of this right because we really wanted these people as partners we really wanted to grow with them this is still a yes. very young industry and this could have been great long term, but because you were so, as you said, stupid in the in, in the, and you see, it's you my see, technical term. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it just doesn't make any sense when you you're a young business yourself. This is not a very old industry. You're just starting off like we are. Yep. Let's try to create a partnership. Let's try to work together. Yep. That, that, to but this is the thing. Big. These guys are not into it for that. And this is the sign. This is one of those signs, plain and simple, that tells you don't waste your time. Because if someone is not willing to build a partnership and put skin in the game with you, right, they are not worth your time. 
you will find the right people out there that will do it and you should continue that search but when you meet these you know these snake oil salesmen walk away from them as quickly as possible and that brings us to number eight which is really really important to remember here and so important yes it's references you gotta get references now what happened when we asked for references on, on this last engagement Oh my God! What was it? They 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 were saying we can't uh, tell you who we've worked with to protect our clients. Oh my God! What what a load of crap! That is nonsense. If you had happy clients, happy clients are are going to like go. Hey, listen, no problem, man. I'll be happy they to reference you. They will shout from the rooftops, of the mountaintops, to tell you that they've had a good experience with. You. And that's the beauty of and this industry. People are willing to share their experience. So when they're telling you that they won't, you know it's nonsense, though. You know it. Unbelievable, oh, man. Highly frustrating, as, as, as I'm sure our listeners can tell, but comedic at the same time, you know, because after after I was angry, I was just laughing, right? And so, so you know, and, and the anger just came from a place of wondering how many people are being taken advantage by these people, you know? And, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I thought it's so reminiscent of the, 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 the old days where, you know, people just don't know where to start and don't know what their positions are. And these people are just coming in and taking advantage of them. And it's such a sad situation. Man. It really is. Because these people, especially uh, people who are, you know, not financially able to work their way out of it. You know what I mean? Because you, you think about uh, people who have been uh, negatively impacted for a very long time. You know, they they, they save up the, the little money they had. They, they come into this industry looking to, to make good of themselves. And these people come in and literally take advantage just take everything they they owe and they, you know these contracts are just so excited it's it's yeah. just a horrible situation yeah and it, it just gives us a, gives everyone a, a bad taste man and and who wants that when you're entering a new business you know or becoming a new entrepreneur it's, it's tough enough to to get a business off the ground and then you have to deal with people who are, are, are literally trying to rob you and take the little money that you have to start your business um and and pretty much leave you with nothing they, they're not in it with you and here it is here comes these people just trying to ruin it i mean there's no shortage of these people are, that, that just are doing bad things in this industry but these cannabis consultants are some of the worst um that brings us to our, our second set of folks right the opportunists which is kind of that guy that we were working with um, on the twenty under thirty thousand dollar um, contract he was more of an opportunist to me than he than anything else I, again like you said he was trying to get his company off the ground trying to get things started and here it is he i think maybe maybe might have intimidated him in, in a way i thought that might be part of it where where he just he realized that we were going to figure out that he was full of it eventually i, I think so too i yeah. think so too because based on what you know I, I we i told you this before based on what i saw with his work ethic and just his his uh the, you, know, you know just time he took getting back to what he's each time we communicated with him it was it was telling to see that you know this guy was not used to being in a more professional environment no you know? at all at all very so and, and and that's the thing you hit on a very important point there right now traditionally this industry is not known for its professionalism and i, I think that that's going to change right because we're talking about big business here we're not no longer talking about you know growing um something in your backyard or or, or growing illegally in some warehouse somewhere and and so on this is this is out in front of everybody and and so you really do 
have to conduct yourself with some level of professionalism. You need to, you know, this is what's going to make you sustainable over time, you know, as this industry continues to grow. And, and it disappoints me to see that there's still some people that are coming in with, with such a, a lack of, of, of kind of respect overall for their clients. One of the things that I, I laughed about a lot was that his contract had tons of misspellings in it, dude. I, I was I was so I shocked. I was like, that. who who let this thing out? And I've been guilty occasionally of missing that spell check, but but this guy, I mean, I'm talking about every page had had misspellings on it and 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 just bad grammar and things. And so that's another telltale sign, man, that you got to be real careful here because. You know, you're hiring someone to do quality work for you, right? And so if they don't take pride in the quality of the work that they're actually putting in front of you, what do you think they're going to put in front of the, the, the state and, and the municipalities? Right, the people who will matter, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to spend more time correcting their work. You might as well have wrote it your damn self, right? This is the reality. <laughs> so so that to me is 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 a, a, big, a big showstopper right there. We talked about this idea of negotiating and not being willing to negotiate. That was a big deal for this guy and, and most opportunists. They might be willing to negotiate, but their goal is to take you for as much as they can, which is you know what most you know con men would do, right? So you, you have to be very aware of the person that is not willing to spend the time negotiating with you because usually they're they're conning about a dozen people or two dozen people at the same time. And this is the reason why they can't get back to you after time because right. they're running all these scams, right? And and it makes it difficult for them to to keep their stories aligned if they have to talk to you for too long as period. So, right. so that's always a, a, a big issue. <laughs> What was crazy about this whole situation um, in terms of this opportunist was that we shared with him so much of what we wanted to do, yeah. right? We shared with him a, a lot of our dreams and a, a lot of our expectations. It wasn't just a one-off thing with this guy, right? We were literally in conversations with him for uh, months, yeah. realistically, yeah. you know? And for, for it to end over that <laughs> price point well you know i don't think really it was him alone i really don't think it was him alone i think he was part of a team of people you know because you know you saw and this is pretty funny um to our oh, listeners yes. here you know <laughs> you have to be careful this is how you know this is an amateur hour here one of his partners responds to all on an email Right. And and so we're all could see what the conversation was between them, which was just, again, amateur hour. Right. And so I don't think he was the one that made the call. I think this person was the one that made the call. And and I, again, I think they were intimidated by us. I think they figured that, you know, these guys are going to want and expect a lot for what they're paying and um, and of course we don't have that confidence in our ability and our work so we're better off maybe walking away from this one that's contrast. what it felt like to me yeah why would you walk away from that much money if you're capable it makes no sense to me right not in this industry not if you're starting your company you know I've started plenty of companies you don't do that that's just ridiculous so again it, it, it's just part of what you have to be careful of as you begin to, to enter this world and, and so on so now we've been talking for a little bit now and I want to kind of end with maybe some positives right talk about how do you spot like the real deal right the, the, the right people 
in this industry um, that you can work with, right? You know, the real partners. And, and, and I emphasize that word, right? It's really critical that you look to engage and find partners that you can work with because, you know, you're looking for not the one hit, not the, 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 the quick touch and go. You want to make sure that you, you're building a relationship, like you said, oh, and it's, you know, that's really what will propel your, your, your company and take you to the next level is, is how well you integrate into this industry. Um, so when you find a good consultant, that consultant will spend some time with you, educating you, right? I, I think that's a really, really important part. You should do your own education, though. Make sure you know as much as possible about the scenario or the, the area that you're planning on focusing on. But, but give them a chance to give you their perspective. This will give you a good sense of, of whether or not they know what they're talking about, right? You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, and I think that's really critical. They'll spend the time to do that, especially if they have a love or a passion for the industry, like most of us who get into this industry, we do, right? We, we, we'll we talk about this stuff forever, right? And, and and have no problem doing it. And so that's what you're looking for too, someone who, who shares that passion, right? Absolutely. Um, you also, I think, you want to make sure that you work out what it is you're asking them to do and, and they should be in agreement 100% with what their role will be and what your role will be. So role clarity is critical, right? You got to be very, very clear on, on what you're expecting, right? So that, that way, I think everyone is on the same page, right? So you, right. when you find a good partner, you know, they'll help you get on the same page, right? They won't look at it like a burden <laughs> to do that, right? <laughs> um, the other thing too is, you know, when it comes to negotiation, um, you, you, you have lots of options, obviously. Some people will opt for a flat rate or some people will talk about hourly pricing for their work uh, or even, you know, put, putting forward a retainer that utilizes that hourly pricing against the retainer. Are we fundable? A refund of a retainer. <laughs> exactly right. You know, definitely pay attention to that that word. Make sure that your retainer can be refunded if, for some reason, you you know you realize that this is not for you, right? If 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 the person has only burned through half the money you've given them, you should be entitled to the other half back, right? This is the way it works. Uh, it shouldn't be as one-sided as um, these these con artists are trying to make it. Um, so be be sure you understand how what, you know what your budget is and what you want to spend and, and work with that person to make sure that you can get to that right point. Um, the other thing too is don't be afraid to give up some equity, right? You know, you're a startup or, you know, maybe again, you like this person enough to recognize that they're a great member or asset to your team. Don't be afraid to give up some equity. 1%, 2% of your company, you know, this way, this person has a significant skin in the game. They want you to succeed because your success is their success immediately, right? right? And so, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to do that for the right person, not just everybody, but definitely if you find that right person, that right consultant, that right individual that can help you navigate this very, very, very treacherous road of, of licensure, <laughs> um, you know, you definitely should feel um, comfortable inviting them in, showing them that you care about, you know, their success that much. And if they entertain it, it means that they care about your success too. So maybe, maybe you can come to terms, right? Right. It goes back to partnerships. You it know, does. if you're, if you are a long-term partner, it shouldn't be an issue for you to, you know, give a part of your company, give some equity in your company because long-term they'll be providing a lot more value for you than I agree. 
No question. You know, and I think, you know, one of the last things or last couple of things I'd love to mention is it comes to the language in contracts. And when you decide to do a contract with someone that you find to be the real deal, they'll be open to ensuring that, you know, both sides are protected, equally protected. I mean, there is a middle ground when it comes to hiring a service provider. Not everything has to be one sided. Right. I think with you hiring your, the right lawyer or the right person or or you just coming to terms properly on paper about what is expected, um, you can, you know, come to some middle ground that will protect both sides from any issue. Again, nothing in this world is perfect. There are situations where people will have um, disagreements and need ways to move forward past them. You should decide how you want to do that up front with this individual. Funny, in, in past negotiations, I've had people laugh at me at this, but I've put in a contract that in the event we can't make a decision together, we'll let fate decide and we just flip a coin, right? And I abide by that and you abide by that, right? And if that's the case, we just move forward, right? You know, now a lot of people say, oh my God, that's that's so crazy. But I'm telling you, it's not crazy. It has gotten me through so many situations that um, were very sticky and, 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 and where disagreements were, were holding us back. And, and sometimes, and actually most times, it actually worked very, very well and the, the outcomes were ex was expected, good outcomes. So Regardless of what side the coin was flipped. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> so you realize that you are arguing over pretty much nothing to begin with, right? right? Very quickly, you know? So, so don't be afraid to go down that road. Again, especially as a startup, man, you know, if you decide to go down this road as someone that's gonna create a company, it means you, you, you have some, definitely some cojones here and you're not afraid to take risks. Um, and, and so as a result of that, definitely dive in. Don't be afraid to, to do the flip a coin thing because I tell you, it does work. Um, and last but not least, man, get references, right? No matter what, who are you dealing with? Even if this person feels like they're your soulmate, <laughs> man, get some Major references. Key. <laughs> right? Major key, get references because yeah. at the end of the day, you don't know who you're interacting with. Yeah. And it's vital that these people have some type of authority in what they're doing. They have to be working with people or have worked for people and they can show you where these people are. You can contact these people and these people will be able to, again, shout from the mountaintops <laughs> that these people have done a brilliant job yes. working for them. I, so I, I references agree. are important. They are. Sure. I agree 100%, man. I, I, I stress it. Um, and, and so, you know, that's pretty much all the points I wanted to kind of share with everyone. I'm hoping that everyone got some benefit out of what we just talked about, because I'll tell you something. Um, it's so much easier to have someone point these things out than have to live through them, right? And maybe make some mistakes and have it cost you, right? So I'm, I'm hoping people got benefits from this. You know, again, if you did, please reach out to us. Let us know that this is something that you you like, you something that you wanna hear more about, or maybe you need some help from us in terms of guidance and, and maybe talking more about um, your experience and we can talk more about this on, on our show. So Absolutely. definitely, you know, again, this is a conversation that will 
will continue to happen, obviously. But one thing we do promise our listeners is that we will continue to share openly um, and transparently what happens with us, right? This is this is the reason why we have this podcast. It's the real green show for a reason. Everything about us is real. We want people to know who we are. And throughout the, the future shows, you guys will get to know us even better, right? And we're looking forward to getting to know you too. So, yes, you know, sir. Yep. Let's, let's let's make this one big happy family and, and let's make this industry a successful one. So with that said, oh, I think we're going to sign off. Look in the show notes for contact information um, and how to reach us. And, and again, we're jamrockorganics.com. You know, go check out the website. We welcome all kinds of feedback. Please register for for newsletters and things like that. And let's, um, let's build a great community. Yes, sir. Let's right. create this thing together. Absolutely. All right, oh, so I'll let you get back to the plants. <laughs> well, all right man all, all right brother okay Take good deal bye bye now what's up everybody you've just listened to the real green show brought to you by jamrock organics i'm your host garth case along with my co-host odin gabe if you enjoyed the show today please consider leaving us a review and check us out at jamrockorganics.com if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on the show from the hosts or guests as medical, legal, or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products we will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment related. Peace and love, my friends. We have the best legal and medicine marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jam rock organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jam rock organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis.